This is Flipping the Script Podcast, the soon-to-be number one leadership podcast for purpose-driven leaders and great guest experts who give us a unique insight into what leadership looks like behind the scenes. I'm Shalia Stafford, your host, and I'm committed to helping you lead your challenges using leadership strategies to gain new perspectives, fuel your growth, and transform the way you execute on your success. Welcome back, everyone. It's Shalia here. I want to make a very quick public service announcement. Recently, I had my eight-year-old point out to me that I was mispronouncing a word that I use so often. And in the spirit of adventure and imperfection and challenging our egos, I want to point it out and remind you all that this is part of the authenticity that I choose to come forward with you and that it's okay. You know what? But I learned something and I love that I learned it from my eight-year-old. Okay, so here it is. I was mispronouncing human being. That's how I was saying it. Human being. I learned that it is human being. So to all my adventurous human beings conquering the pursuit of creating a life that is authentic to them, we shall get into our next episode. Today, we're going to talk about life regrets. Reducing life regrets to live fully while we have time and health is one of my greatest goals. Some days, I'm really good at keeping this top of mind and reminding myself that nobody makes it out of this experience alive, so might as well make it count. No one's going to be there. These people who judge us, people who criticize our egos, they won't be there with us in our final moments. Those memories won't be the ones that count. When I'm in that place and I'm capable of grounding myself to this truth that is deep in my soul, in these moments I can create some of my wildest dreams while playing alongside my ego, insecurities, and posture syndrome, and all that comes along with this experience throughout the ebbs and flows of life. But hey, life isn't linear. And we're not always in a season of harvest where growth flourishes and our energy is abundant, at least not for me yet. In this human experience, we're going to battle to make sense of what can feel like negative emotions, including times when we feel stuck in life and question whether we can truly take on the life that we desire, that we dream with strategic reality. The judgment of the world starts to feel a little heavier, a little bit more true. And the should've, would've, could'ves can crush us into a comfort zone that doesn't serve us, but simply feels familiar. Our time will all come when we're not as young as we are today, and we're looking back at the end of our rainbow. And in those moments, we will question our courage to live the life that was true to us. And I cannot imagine the weight of that regret in the final moments. I think about this often, and I think about the behavior and action changes that I can take today, and the way that I can try to hack my subconscious to help me stay on the journey to minimize those regrets, perhaps even optimize them, and make sure that of the regrets that I know I will probably come to have, that they're the small ones, like that I didn't have pizza every Friday. When I think about how I would make sense of this experience later in life, I've come up with a few questions that serve as guiding criteria 
that honestly just get me mad and frustrated with the injustices that surround the reasons that create the behaviors in us that limit us from pursuing our stories. And it ignites a flame that helps me move toward taking action to create a story that I'll be proud of when I'm looking back, hopefully many years down the road. Okay, so here's what it is for me. When I do experience fear, I don't want it to be controlled by someone else's story that's fueled with ego and a path that is different than mine, and one of which I may know little about. You never know. You never know the story that created someone. And of that story, how their operating system was developed, and what shaped the experiences that they feel they need in their life. It's not going to align with me every time, and it's not always going to be the right intention. And I have to make sure that I judge myself based on the lane that is right for me. And I don't want that fear to come from someone's ego or someone's story that's just simply different than mine that I'm comparing it to. Now, let's say if a person were to stand in my way destructively while I'm pursuing this courageous story in any manner. It allows me to get data about this person sooner rather than later when I choose to act on the experience that's going to fuel my story that I feel is calling me. I get the data about the person being destructive, and it allows me to make decisions to filter this person out of my choices and experience because I understand that what I value is illuminating the path forward for others. And learning how to mute out these distractions of the world empowers me to forge a new path forward. The beautiful part about this experiment is that I've always found people that emerge that make the adventure fun. They're supportive. They're encouraging. They're looking to evolve as humans and celebrate the courage of others to do the same. Most people have great intentions and most human beings are not destructive. And you just never know what you're going to find. And you'll be quite surprised that it's often the opposite of what you thought. I also choose to gather experiential data. Before I can choose to believe something is true, I need the experience and the data from that experience to help me make that decision. My job is to gather data about my values, story, and operating system and test them under pressure, not just through the challenges that I encounter in life, but also through the opportunities that come my way. If there's a calling that I need to explore, I won't rest easy until I put myself in the arena and try to bring it to life. Reflectively, I'm always satisfied that I chose to experience a pursuit of testing whatever I thought was important to me to see where I stand on it or if I miss something, regardless of the outcome. And this, to me, is experiencing life. And that's in alignment with how I choose to live. I have values, and I get it. On most days, values can feel like filler words that are often overused. Some days I can feel this way as well. But a value is only rooted in your system through experiences of engaging it under pressure, through a diversity of different experiences, mindsets, and challenges that always aren't in your area of expertise and comfort. Therefore, I seek experiences that allow me to bring to life the values that I engage, not just through defining it in broad terms, but to see it in engagement. It's not always executed on par to what I define, but even in the moments of messing up and failing, I'm presented with yet another opportunity to engage in constructive strategies, which I value tremendously around self-awareness, emotional intelligence, conflict resolution, 
and crisis management, change management, whatever it is that you want to call it, but being able to move through and adapt through complex and shifting environments. And here's another thing. I don't want to be confined by the destructiveness of my own ego, which those parts of me and you will always be there. We all have it. But I'm always looking for opportunities to imperfectly try new experiences, regardless of how ready, experienced, or confident I feel. I choose to understand what trusting what will emerge from this process will look like and teach my system, both the somatic experience of it, the mental and the spiritual process of it all. I'm learning more and more about myself as I go into deeper levels of this process. I'm also invested in learning all that I can about my operating system. That's the past experiences that I've had that have created the definitions of how the world around me works, who I am, who people are, what our actions say, what they don't say, our thinking models, everything that it is to be a human. I have to look at how I choose to process them and how I will filter them now through a different lens to ensure that they're not creating roadblocks for me today. I don't want to be confined to the conditioning of my upbringing that was based on generational trauma. I'm open to feeling everything that arises and it's due time to show me where I can rewrite a part of my story. Now, these are just a few things that I use to gauge my journey and the time varies, but they remind me to be adventurous, playful, and creative with the raw human experience because time isn't always guaranteed. So what are the top regrets of those who are faced with looking back on their journey and don't have the gift of time? How can we use their insight to fuel our journeys today and examine what regret could mean for us to help us seize the day? The author Daniel H. Pink spent years researching human regret, and his data shows that regrets tend to cluster into four different types. I'm going to read to you what he said these four different types of regrets are. We have foundational regrets. These are regrets from not doing the work, not laying the foundation for a more stable, less precarious life. Things like not saving money for retirement, not getting a certain degree, not exercising and eating right to take good care of your body. Then there's moral regrets. Regrets in which you did the wrong thing. Bullying is an example of choices of unkindness. He was stunned by how many people regretted bullying younger in their life and marital infidelity, he said as well. Connection regrets, if only I'd reach out, is the telltale sign of a connection regret. It is the largest category of regrets, and they are about relationships, family, friendships, romantic, and beyond. These regrets come about when people drift apart, but neither tries to reconnect for fear that it's awkward. Reaching out, Pink says, very rarely as awkward as people think, and it's almost always well-received. And then there's boldness regrets. Boldness regrets are about a chance that wasn't taken. Things like opportunities to study abroad or leaving a dead-end job, but for whatever reason, you choose to play it safe. I don't know about you guys, but as I'm reading each of these different categories of regrets, I can't help but think of my own regrets that I already have, but also in how I choose to measure whether the timing is now for me to act on some of those regrets or to filter them through a new lens to understand them better. 
but there's always an opportunity for us to explore where we can be more courageous in our life. There is a deep need to self-actualize. And some of us realize this when time is just a few years away from being our last day. We have an opportunity to make it count today. This is your reminder of the fragility of life and the opportunity that you're presented with today to make a difference in your story. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Okay, along this journey of creating a conscious impact, it's really important for me to find foods that are wholesome, that fuel our body in the best possible way. And in that journey, I got introduced to oat milk. And let me tell you, I was not too happy with some of the varieties that I was trying in the store. They didn't taste like the oat milk that I loved making at home. I had an opportunity to try Willis oat milk at Willis Kitchen, and let me tell you, smooth and velvety. Tasted delicious with our espresso that we make every day, and even better, it fueled my day in the way that I needed to. Let me share a little bit more about their company. Willis was founded by two sisters who were tired of plant-based milks that were mostly made up of artificial, highly processed ingredients and loads of sugar rather than actual plants. Plus, their grandmother Willis recipe used real organic ingredients to create a deliciously smooth oat milk. And they thought, why not bring hers to the world instead? As they started on their entrepreneurial journey, they kept learning more and more about the way plant-based milks are normally made heavy processing, loads of food waste, and lots of funny business, including ingredients like rapeseed, canola oil, that they didn't want to be drinking or feeding their kids every day. The biggest shocker that they found was that oat milk is typically made with oat sugar, and the best parts of the oats are filtered out. That resulted in oat milk with a super sweet taste, but without all the benefits of the oats. Willa's is made with the whole entire oat, which gives it a rich, smooth taste and maintains all the oats proteins and prebiotic fiber and makes Willa's zero food waste. And it's not just a healthier, more sustainable oat milk, it's super tasty. That's why Willa's has been highlighted in Bon Appetit, not once, but three times. Find Willa's oat milk at willaskitchen.com. That's W I. L-L-A-S-K-I-T-C-H-E-N dot com or on Amazon and with the promo code leadership to get 20% off and support the podcast. That's promo code leadership to get 20% off. So back to the main topic. What are the top five regrets that people have at the end of their life? There is an article written in Forbes by Kathy Caprino where she interviewed an author, Bronnie Ware's Regrets of Dying, and here are the top five regrets that were mentioned. The first regret is, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life that others expected of me. The second regret is, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. The third regret is, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. The fourth regret was, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. And the fifth regret, I wish that I had let myself be happier. The author goes on to mention that the regrets of dying helped her understand how sacred time is. We have so many self-imposed resistance that keeps us from living a life that we imagine, that we dream. And it's vital to explore in every aspect of our experience what we value, 
what our operating system is, and what is our filter for measuring our success towards this creation. When I think about having the courage to live a life that is true to myself, not the life that others expected of me, I think it's an amazing sentiment. But if we bring in some strategic reality into it, we know that creating a life that we desire also comes with the responsibility, the financial responsibility and awareness that we require in life in order to support our cost of living. It also requires us prioritizing our time and our budgets so that when an opportunity presents itself or when we hear a new calling or feel a new calling towards something that is important to us, that we can pursue it. And that we so intimately understand our story and our values to take action on it. What do you have to lose if you are considering creating a life that is true to yourself, but feel the pressure of the expectations of others on you? I challenge you to do a few things. Take a look at your finances and see what your opportunities are there. What is your cost of living? Are you developing skills that are transferable? When was the last time that you took an assessment on your values and on the chapter you're in in life, the lessons you've learned in previous chapters, and what you want to be true for the next chapter of your life? What is the next chapter of your life going to be called? What do you have to lose? Do you have enough finances to cover exploring the next stage of your life? If not, start creating a budget for that. And if you do, start collecting the data that you need. Jump into the experience. If people around you will judge you for not meeting expectations, are those truly the people that you want around you? And if so, do you have the emotional awareness, the emotional intelligence to deliver a conversation that is wrapped in healthy boundaries that acknowledges why they may feel and see things as they are, but what is important to you, what you feel is important to you is, what you need from them, and how this relationship is going to look like moving forward. Can you sit in the discomfort of that potential conversation? The second one, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. This is a hard one. So not working so hard can sometimes be wrapped up in a multitude of different things. Sometimes we get our validation from work and it's the only story we know. We haven't haven't dove deeper into our own stories. We haven't dove deeper into prioritizing and understanding our cost of living and our finances because we only have seen one way to live life. Maybe perhaps there's an expansion that needs to be done in how you can play with your money, with your choices, taking on opportunities early in life to build different transferable skills that you can utilize. And sometimes it is a deeper calling for us to be able to sit in silence and not doing anything to hear the messages that need to arise to help us evolve. Sitting alone with ourselves is difficult work. Are we protecting ourselves? There's many different perspectives to explore here, but we have to ask ourselves, what are we losing by working so hard and living a grand percentage of our time 
bringing to life someone else's story. If there's an imbalance, if you are ignoring your story, it's like going against mother nature. You'll never win. Eventually, you will experience overwhelm and burnout. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. This is hard, y'all, okay? I get it. Expressing our feelings is a journey, especially for those of us who have experienced generational trauma, the vicious cycle of it. We're not given a foundation of healthy strategies to start off from. And even if you were, it doesn't mean that it's gonna be easy for you later on as an adult. So what we have to do in these scenarios is eventually work towards understanding our attachment style. Ultimately, it's similar to what would Jesus do without getting religious here. Just in the context of that idea, what would a securely attached person do? And now a quick word from our sponsor. What's something you look forward to waking up to every morning? Is it coffee, your pet, Maybe it's the face of someone you love. MeUndies wants to add to that list. Start your mornings with your favorite underwear. Not just any underwear, but ridiculously soft undies with ridiculous prints that make picking out underwear actually fun. Can we be honest? We all have to wear underwears. No judgment if you don't. But hopefully beyond that, you are also wearing swimwear and enjoying this beautiful summer. And when the night is over, you have some comfortable loungewear to wind down your night. I had an opportunity to try a selection of items from Me Undies, and let me tell you, their bralettes, undies, bathing suits, and socks delivered. Not only were they incredibly soft, but they were also fun. MeUndies makes the softest fabrics you've ever put on your body. So you can sit on your couch all day or go out and live your comfiest life. Once you try their undies, socks, bralettes, and loungewear, you'll never go back. Choose from a range of limited edition prints and colors and sizes from extra small to 4XL. You can also sign up for their free to join MeUndies membership where you'll get a monthly subscription that sends new styles right to your door. Plus, enjoy up to 30% off virtually everything we make. Free shipping and returns on every order, early access to new launches, and exclusive member-only sales. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off. To get 15% off your order and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to meundies.com leadership. So when we have developed a secure attachment, it is easy for us to understand what we're feeling, name it, communicate it in a healthy way, wrap it around with a boundary that we need. And then also the emotional intelligence aspect kicks in where we get to manage the journey of that expectation, possibly not being upheld by someone else or by yourself. And then maybe potentially having to re-communicate these needs once again. Expressing our feelings is a deep, a deep part of who we are. It's connected to our story. And when we ignore our story, again, it's like going against mother nature. Learning emotional awareness is the foundation to emotional intelligence. It starts with self-awareness and the very fact that you can notice that it's difficult for you to express your feelings. But if it's important to you, it's going to keep coming up and it's going to feel unsettling inside of you. And it's a journey you have to explore. I challenge you to go deeper into this. I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Being intentional with the connections that we make in life is difficult. Finding ways to integrate this into our lives is vital. And whether that means we choose to put it on our calendar or we simply allow this podcast episode to be a reminder to reach out, take an account of where you stand with people who are important to you. 
and reach out to them. I wish I had let myself be happier. This one is a big one. I don't like to think that we should be in a constant state of always feeling happiness because that's not true to being human beings, but we can feel that inner peace. We can feel the joy of clarity through challenge, through regret. What we really are seeking here is how do I make sense of my world the injustices, the destructiveness, and the challenges in it. When someone lets me down, how would I communicate that? When I want to explore something more that's true to me, how would I communicate that? How would I, how would I understand how to create the behaviors and the action consistently over a period of time? How do I coach myself when I don't meet those expectations? What we're asking here is much deeper and truer to our operating system, the filters we use in life, how we gauge and measure our success, the values that we have, what they look like when they're in engagement. This is a big one. And I think this one needs a different whole episode on its own. But at the end of the day, we're here. You're never going to be younger than you are today. And nobody makes it out of this experience alive. I triple dog dare you to lean into your story, understand your operating system and create the life that is authentic to you because what if it worked out better than you ever expected? To our listeners, the ball is in your court. I challenge you to take action, continue the conversations and reach out to us to share more about your adventure and to let us know if there's any topics you want us to explore together. You are listening to Flipping the Script, Leadership Beyond the Title. We'll see you on our next episode. If you found even the smallest nugget of wisdom in this episode, share it with a friend and your friend will thank you. Let's continue the conversation with like-minded leaders and join us on Facebook at Go Flip the Script. Until next time, I challenge you to incorporate what you learned today to evolve your leadership impact.